morning, and thank you for tuning in and listening to this week's Message of Hope on KBUR News Radio, 99.3 FM and 14.90 AM from First Christian Church of Burlington, Iowa. We hope that this week's message helps you grow in your faith and share God's love. This week, our senior pastor, Dave Yonker, continues our new sermon series, Welcome Home, Becoming a Church Worthy of the Gospel with scripture from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 through 22, titled No Longer Strangers. Stay tuned after the message for special music from Karen Hassel and to learn more about First Christian Church of Burlington. Will you pray with me? Sovereign One, you have called and spoken to leaders of nations and to prophets of all generations. You reminded them and you remind us that temples and cathedrals are not your primary residence. Monuments and capital contractions are not your first priority. You are not confined to fixed times and concrete locations. Rather, you wander with your children wherever they go. You are the caring one whose nurture and discipline help the human family thrive. Your steadfast love is faithful to all generations. There are those, Holy One, who do not feel as if they are thriving, though. Whether they are mired in circumstances thrust upon them from the outside or are waiting through the consequences of their own decisions, They feel as if they are at best treading water. Thriving is not a word they would use to describe their situation. But we know even then, even when it takes all we have only to stay in place, we are not far from your love. We know your joy comes each morning, for you are never far from us. Your spirit leads us to the cool, refreshing waters of your presence and the bountiful pasture of new life in Christ. Whether we are in a shadowy valley or a glorious mountaintop, you are with us, bringing hope and love. We are grateful, O God, that you invite us to a lonely place to rest for a while. In this quiet and isolated location, renew the strength of all whom you adopted into your family. Enable us to relax our sense of self-importance so your word might move to be first in our whole lives. Mold us and shape us by the light and truth of your Son, Jesus Christ. We, your sin-sick people, need this time apart, O God. Too often we are strangers and travelers hurrying to all sorts of people who have no answers. Our hope drains away and the promise of a new humanity seems empty. Yet in the company of your people, saints who are members together of the household of faith, we sense moments of fulfillment. In the church we experience the compassion of Jesus in a caring friend. Here in the joy of singers, our souls are lifted into praise and our lives rededicated to your service. Here, in the divine time, we experience Jesus as the way, the truth, 
and the life. And we are brought into the center of your vision for us. It is in Christ's name we continue this prayer, praying the words he taught his disciples and continues to teach us this day. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. This morning's scripture comes from the letter to the Ephesians, chapter 2, verses 11 through 22. Here begins the reading. So then, remember that at one time, you Gentiles by birth, called the uncircumcision by those who are called the circumcision, a physical circumcision made in the flesh by human hands, remember that you were at that time without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he is our peace. In his flesh he has made both groups into one and has broken down the dividing wall that is the hostility between us. He has abolished the law with its commandments and ordinances that he might create in himself one new humanity in place of the two, thus making peace, and might reconcile both groups to God in one body through the cross, thus putting to death that hostility through it. So he came and proclaimed peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him both of us have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are citizens with the saints and also members of the household of God, built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ himself as the cornerstone. In him the whole structure is joined together and grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are built together spiritually into a dwelling place for God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We are continuing here today with our new sermon series called Welcome Home. There are places in our lives where we just feel most at home. We can be who we want to be. We can act how we want to act. We don't have to be on. We don't have to put on any airs. We can take off our work clothes and not think or stress or worry about work things. All the daily business of our lives, all the emails and texts, we can let them lay for another day. We can slip on our favorite pair of old jeans, the one that has the holes in the knees and, and all over the place. We can wear our favorite flannel shirt and old sweatpants. We can put our feet up on the coffee table and no one even minds. No one even cares. And we don't worry about anything. 
because we are at home. We are loved for exactly who we are because we are home. Wherever that place of home is for you, there is no place like being home. And so throughout this sermon series, we are reading through the book of Ephesians together, and we are hearing about how in Christ we are made home. We are welcomed home. We are brought together as the body of Christ. We are called to be one church and one body together with all of our parts and functions and abilities all together. We are one together, united in Jesus Christ, and we are at home in his love. And so last week, if you happen to be here, we started out with this long 201 verse run on sentence from the first part of Ephesians. And in this, the the Apostle Paul was reminding us that we have been blessed and adopted and chosen and redeemed by Jesus Christ. We have been given a family in God's love. And so because of that, we're called to extend that love to everyone that we meet. That was last week. And so the story continues on this week as we heard the reading into chapter two. Except this week, there is a problem. There is a problem and an ongoing issue that is underneath bubbling up below the surface in the scriptures. You see, whenever we read the scriptures today, it's like we have walked into a middle of a conversation between two sets of rivals. Jews and Gentiles, two sides. It's like if you're walking through the store and you pass by two people having a heated discussion, an argument. And even though that like part of you that likes to gossip would like to linger a little bit and follow them for a little bit and see how they resolve their argument, you'd like to text all of your friends, you're never going to believe what I heard at Walmart today. You only hear a little tiny bit, a snippet of the problem and their discussion and argument. That's what we get in the scriptures. We get a small little passing bit of the argument. The situation is this. You see, Jesus and Peter and James and John and all the disciples, all the early followers of Jesus, all of them were Jews. They went to worship in the synagogues and the temple. Jesus, whenever he was a young baby boy, he was dedicated there by his parents. All the disciples went to go celebrate the Passover and all the high holy days of the Jewish faith. They were born Jews. They lived as Jews. They died as Jews. And they followed Jesus who came out of the Jewish faith. And so when people began to follow Jesus Christ, they became in Christ. They became Christians in Christ. And so with this, there were all kinds of points of discussion. Like they said, if you become in Christ, if you become a Christian, do you need to be like those first disciples becoming a Jew first and then in Christ? Along with this, are we required to keep all the food laws that Jews did all throughout the Old Testament? Are we required to be circumcised like those Jews did? Do we have to abstain from pork and shellfish? Keep all the 413, 413 commandments in the Hebrew Bible. And we have a hard time keeping 10, much less 413 commandments in the Old Testament. It's like... 
We need to know because when you go to the Iowa State Fair next month, are you allowed to hit up the pork tent and have the pork chop on a sandwich? Can you get the big tenderloin that's as big as your face? Can you get the pork burger whenever you go to the East Coast? Can you have fresh lobster and crab cakes and the lobster roll? You need to know about the commandments and laws that our Jewish brothers and sisters keep. The 413 commandments in the Old Testament, the people... We're wondering, do you have to keep the laws, they said, or can we just follow Christ? Can you bypass all the rules and all the laws, all the ones that say women should not cut their hair and that you should not get any tattoos and that you should not wear any mixed fabrics? That means your cotton polyester blend, your favorite old flannel shirt in the Old Testament, you can toss that one out because it breaks a law. Can you bypass those and go right to Jesus? That was the problem. That was the discussion. Jews and Gentiles on either side. And so for us, it seems trivial. Like, we just follow Jesus. I mean, that's all we do. And it's easy. But back in the day, this discussion was a big deal. Which side were you on? Could you just follow Christ or did you have to become a Jew first and then be in Christ? Were you a Jew or Gentile? Two groups, two camps, two poles and ways to see the world. And so what we heard in the scripture is that Paul says Jesus Christ has broken down all those barriers, all the ways in which we would divide ourselves. All those things don't matter anymore. We are no longer strangers to each other. But he said we are one in Christ. In fact, he even says at that time you were without Christ. You were aliens to each other, strangers of the covenant of God's promise. And in this world, you had no hope and no God. But now, thanks to Jesus Christ, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace. He has made both Jews and Gentiles into one group with his body. He broke down the barriers of hatred that divide us up. He canceled out all those detailed rules of the law so that he might create one new person out of two groups making peace, reconciling them in one body through the cross. God is building you. Christ is building you into a place where God lives through the Spirit. Paul is saying that we are in this together. We are in one family united together where all the walls and barriers are broken down. God is building a body of Christ inside of us where the Spirit lives through. And though the world divides us up left and right and up and down, insiders and outsiders, Jews and Gentiles, in God's love, we are together. We are built together and the construction inside of us is not yet done. There is drywall to be hung inside of us. Electricity has to be run. The roof leaks inside of us, left and right filling buckets inside of us. Concrete needs to be poured. We are a work in progress in faith. And even though Jesus Christ has done the hard work and brought down the dividing walls of ins and outs, 
We are a work in progress. And that's the good news. But the thing about this is that though this passage sounds amazing about being united together, it is hard work. It is a struggle to put this passage into practice, to be honest. It's like this. Don't you know that life would be so much easier if people just did everything that we wanted them to do? I mean, wouldn't life be easier and happier and a lot less stress if people did what you said they should do at, at work? If everyone could be exactly like you in the office, everybody was self-motivated, everybody was an A-plus student, they walked in the door of business every day and they said, this is the day the Lord has made, let us rejoice and give thanks to God for it. Everybody followed the rules and gave their best, even more if they were happy. They didn't fake it. They were happy to be at work every single day, never complaining or worrying about anything. Wouldn't it be great if everybody did what we wanted them to do Monday through Friday, nine to five? Can I get an amen for that? I mean, I'm talking about the same thing at home. Wouldn't life be easier if everybody did what you wanted them to do at home? All of your children picked up their toys the second they were done playing with them. All the dishes were done by the person who used the dishes. The plates, the knives, the forks, the, the cups, the glasses, everything in between. There were never a pile of plates left in the kitchen. Never crumbs to step on and crush into the carpet and vacuum up. Never laundry to do. All the beds were made. Everyone did what you wanted them to do every waking hour of the day. Because, well, I mean, we know the best way to do things, right? I mean, we know the way. Wouldn't it be great if people even more so worshipped God the way we want them to do and love the Lord like we love the Lord. Trust in God like we trust in God. All of their favorite hymns were our favorite hymns. All their favorite worship songs were the ones that we loved. All their scriptures that they underlined in their Bible, we underlined too. Wouldn't it be great if everyone looked at God the same way that we do. They were insiders just like us. They looked and acted and thought and worshipped in the way that is our favorite and we desire. But we know that's not the case. That is not the way the world works. That's not the way that God works. And it was a problem in the first century, when Paul was writing to people who were divided, Jews and Gentiles, food laws or no food laws, who were called to be united together. That's the hard part about putting the life of Christ into practice, of having insiders and outsiders. Sometimes we think that we are always in and everybody else is always out and they should simply live and act and think more like us. Living a life of faith is a struggle now, just as it was back then. 
But the good news is that God has done the work of grace in Christ. And we are called to be united in our faith for the sharing of the gospel. And being united does not mean that we are uniform. It does not mean that we all live the same way, worship the same way, even act the same way. Because God is building inside of us a place for his love to reside and the work is not yet done. Though the barriers have been broken down of inside and outside and who God is through what Christ has done, it is hard to put this into practice. Because we like things the way that we do. But that doesn't stop us from trying our best, from allowing God to build his love inside of us and realizing that we are a work in progress to live in Christ. Sometimes drywall has to be hung. The electricity has to be run again. Concrete has to be poured. The roof over our head leaks and there are buckets of water everywhere. And faith and hope and love and peace seem to be missing. But God is not yet done. God is not yet done with us. And for that, we say praise the Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message of hope from First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ here in Burlington, Iowa. We are located at 1221 Park Avenue on the south side of town in between the airport and Dankwart Park. If you're looking for a new church home or searching for something beyond yourself, we hope you will join us for worship this Sunday morning. We offer two styles of worship each Sunday. Our traditional service is at 8.45 a.m., featuring beloved hymns of the faith. Our contemporary service is at 10.45 a.m. and is led by our amazing band. In both services, you'll hear a sermon similar to the one you listen to today on the radio. Be welcomed at the Lord's table for communion and join with us in prayer and praise. During the summer, children's church is offered at our 1045 service. There's no better way to begin our week in worship, so we hope you will join us here at First Christian Church. Amen.